Hello, it's another episode of Crushed. This week I got stuck in a cat tunnel in front of my mother-in-law. Um, I do have a problem with if someone says, I don't think you can do that, I will, you know, that I sort of get a red mist and like, no, I can do it, I can do it. So my daughter said I couldn't fit in it and I had to prove that I could. But I did, I did regret it. Um, we nearly had to destroy the cat tunnel to get me out of it. Um, do you know what I mean by a cat tunnel? Might have to put a picture on Instagram. Uh, not that I took a picture of me in it, because um, I, I couldn't use my arms. Um, anyway, uh, here is a brilliant chat I had with Sarah Barron, who I love. She is a stand-up um, and a podcaster. I'm about to say this in the intro anyway, but uh, please enjoy it and do go to the Substack and, you know, not just the Substack, go to wherever you listen your, wherever you listen your podcasts and rate, review, like, subscribe, all of that. Here comes Sarah. Hello and welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn smith a podcast about the delights and disasters of unrequited love. My guest today is brilliant stand-up podcaster and former teenage writer of erotica, Sarah Barron. Hi. Sarah, hello. Thanks for having Hi. me, Rit. I mean, it's the teenage erotica that we should probably It's why I'm here. With, right? Do you know what's yeah. so funny is that I, um, I wrote teenage erotica more... Pr- no, I'm sorry, tweenage. I wrote tweenage okay. wow, erotica. Wow, so it was pre-13. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, distinctly. Like, like. Um, I actually I can remember doing it, and it was not long before my twelfth birthday is exactly when I started getting into it. But just to say that I wrote it just before I turned twelve. I found it when I was like twenty two, twenty three. It was the funniest thing that I'd ever seen in my life, and so yeah. there was. Like around the time I turned 23, I was like, this is the thing that should make me my millions. I don't know how, but I believe that this document in some form is worth truly millions of pounds. And I then spent like years and years and years trying to like monetize it. And I, which which never really worked, but I did a bit about it in my first Edinburgh show. Yes. And, um... Which was oh, I in still 20... refer to my boobs as my bobs. Your bobs. So because... in my tween erotica, I use the word boobs over and over, but I spell it bobs. And I spell the word penis, pinus. So it'll be a lot of like his bobs were near her. her his pinus was near her bobs. And it's like a whole thing. But anyway, I, I just, I forgot about it. Like once I put it in that stand up show, I was mm-hmm. like, we're done. So I have yeah. not revisited it since 2018. So what a joy to be reminded that it oh, happened. Oh, what a joy. A joy for me. As I say, I think about it all the time. Oh, my God. Um, was it inspired by somebody you had a crush on or was it entirely like hypothetical? It was neither. It was oh. that I somehow had gotten into um like romance like sexy romance novels so i was i was pu- pubescent and i was like so clearly like the feelings were coming okay and relating to that i'm sure you know those fronts of those romance books that look a little you know think how those look to like a pubescent 11 year old right <laughs> so i checked one out it was called treasures and I checked it out from the library and I remember 
it like really turning me on yeah. and loving that feeling. But not then just loving the picture on the front. Not just the picture on the front. I like to read <laughs> the words. But then there was some sense that what I was doing was embarrassing by checking it out as an 11-year-old. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. And then from the librarian's perspective, and then also you have to like return the book and go, eh, da, da. and so I thought to myself, I was like, I could write one for myself <gasps> oh my god so it was, so it it was, was like an exercise it was it was like my own wank father even though i don't think i, I was like a very late bloomer masturbatorially speaking <laughs> but just to feel the feelings like to have a like a source so i i wrote it as a way of avoiding those embarrassing right. library exchanges oh god amazing that's so amazing. Isn't that crazy. Um, yeah, my I remember my daughter. There was a book. Um, a How book old is your daughter? She loved. She's fourteen. This is when she was much younger, and this isn't okay. a saucy thing. But okay. I remember her waiting for the new Tom Gates to come out, which I think she was going to have to wait two months. So she and her friend decided it would be quicker to write it themselves, which is the sweetest. That's the sweetest thing I've ever. Heard. <laughs> you know, you don't want to start going. Yeah, you really don't understand how this works. And instead, they wrote an advert for it, I think, and performed it. That's incredible. It. It somewhere. It's really sweet. But um, it's that, it's, isn't it? It's a slightly saucier version than that. So yeah. you didn't have a boy that you were, you wanted to see his pinus? No, I, I did eventually. I'm trying to think. I don't think I was thinking at that age because I was so young when I wrote it. Mm. So presumably the idea of the pinus at 11 would have been actually like, quite terrifying. Yeah, had you but seen my- a pinus? I'd seen my dad's and my brother's in acceptable ways. I don't even know if I actually, do you know what? I don't even know that I've seen my dad's. Oh, wait a second. No, this is not about my dad's penis. Thank you. It's about my brother's penis. Okay. My brother is four years younger than I am. This is like, I'm going to be very X-rated and graphic here, but I just feel like, go for it. Yeah, if you can't be here. Where can where can I where can, where can you do it therapy? Um, no. Basically, so another weird thing about my porn was that I didn't, and I will be repeating this. I don't know what you do or don't remember from that Edinburgh show, but some of this was in that show. So my apologies to you, Margaret, for the repetition. But basically, I didn't understand what orgasms were. I knew that there was this feeling, and that there was like a a peak to that feeling, but I didn't know what. And so in my porn, porn, the characters urinate, right? That's there. So like things would get really hot and really hot. And then it's just like peeing. So the reason that that happened was because as a girl, like when I was, you know, I don't know. So if my brother would have been three or four or something, I would have mm-hmm. been eight. And I would sit, my dad would, my mom worked nights and my dad would always put us to bed. And my, so I'd like sit in my doorway of my bedroom reading. And I have these really clear memories of my dad, like right before, like maybe while my brother was sleeping, they were probably like potty training him. So maybe they were getting him up or something, but he would wake my brother up and walk my brother to the toilet. So I'd be looking at it like in profile (laughs) and my brother would urinate, but he'd have a little like tiny erection. This is too oh, weird, wow. isn't it? You can cut this if it's too weird. No, but he it's would urinate. Amazing. I didn't have a brother, so. So this was, you'd see, imagine, I mean, it really got in my head. So he would urinate in a horizontal line. <laughs> and my, I just can remember my dad angling my brother's penis into the toilet bowl. So I think this is all cooked in there. And I'm only even thinking yeah. to mention this 
because you asked if I'd ever seen a penis. I wasn't interested. They didn't seem appealing to me. They don't seem appealing to me now, you know, but you're just like, come on, who wants it? (laughs) Um, But I remember the first like sexual impulse I felt was to a boy named Elliot. Both of my mm-hmm. early crushes, two of them were named Elliot. That's name a good, it's a good Elliot crush name. Elliot is a sexy quite alpha. name. Yeah, yeah. And you want to hear the other one was Nicholas. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hot. <laughs> and um, the first Elliot, Elliot Berman, I remember standing behind him in like a school queue. When so how he old was were you? Seven or eight. Yeah, both of you. And Elliot and we were like Berman and Baron, so we were very close to each other in the queue. Yeah. And I just remember looking at the like the the nape of his neck and knowing I wanted to put my mouth on his neck. Wow. And I knew I wanted to like kiss a boys, but nothing about a penis. This is what's so interesting to me yeah. about that porn. Nothing about like genitals or anything or even breasts or like it all felt kind of quite scary and disgusting on every level except this very primal level that got itself out into this book. Consciously yeah. like I just really wanted to like kiss and I liked watching like when characters on TV kissed each other and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the nape of the neck, though, that is very interesting, isn't it? That that's what you must have known that if that happened, it would then lead to something. And I'm not saying you, you wanted it to lead to anything because it wouldn't. But I presume that all of the it all connects because I I similarly my fantasies early on were very, very pure. They were very much because I hadn't kissed anyone. Yeah. So I think that I think I was always aware, oh, no, and then if you kiss someone, after a while, that will get boring and you'll have to move on to something else. And I'm not saying that's conscious, but I think something in your body is telling you, it's. I don't just want to kiss the nape of his Do you want to know what's interesting, though, is my first real kiss, maybe I won't name this person, <laughs> but... My first real kiss, I was of a new 15. Like, I just turned 15, mm-hmm. which is not 12. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's not 18, but neither is it 12. And I remember this boyfriend and I would just kiss, and he was older than I was. He was like 17, this boy. And, like, and we, that is a world, isn't and it? Then? That is a world. <laughs> and we would kiss and kiss for hours. And I remember thinking, Oh, God, this feels so, like, gender stereo, like, gender normative. <laughs> I, I, so I, I say this with a lot of embarrassment, I guess. But it never occurred. I didn't. I remember enjoying the kissing. I remember, like, mm-hmm. wanting to do it. Like, being excited to go to his house for, like, kisses. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember that, like, my chin would be, like, my whole face was like covered in saliva. And I remember having like a horrible hickey, like going to my job, like my summer job of working at like a to-go chicken joint. And you, so then I, I, here's what I'm trying to say is that I wonder if the kissing was terrible, like <laughs> terrible kissing to the extent that it didn't facilitate like arousal in my body. <laughs> But I didn't know it because it just felt so fun to have a boy to kiss or something. Right. Okay. Because I didn't have any interest in doing anything other than what we were doing. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. But you did love it. Yes. That's what's interesting. I wasn't like doing it to please him. I loved. Yeah. Okay. I loved hanging out and I felt like a grown up and it was like fun, but it it didn't feel like step one of four. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Which maybe it did to him. I don't know. Which it, it must have done to him. And then, you know, he went away like on a summer thing and like fucked some girl who he's now married to, by the way. Like, oh my this, God. I know. Like, this That's guy has this like 15 year old. Like, so he's 17, she's 15. I think we're both quite inexperienced. We're kissing well, all the I mean, time. I mean, if he's licking you <laughs> he's like your face. You should see what Sarah's doing. With I'm like pawing. <laughs> clawing. And by the way, I'm sure I wasn't doing anything any better. Oh, and then no. we sort of had this thing that was off and on for like a year. And then that next summer, he went away on like a like an exchange program for the summer and came back and was like, we need to talk. Because, you know, this is like 30 years ago, almost. Yeah. And he was like, um, so it wasn't like we were incommunicado. And he was like, um, I've met someone. And I was like, did you have sex? And he said, yeah. And I knew it was his virginity. And then I've been I've been waiting for them to break up for 27 years. <laughs> yeah, because that is rude to then just go on. And they're married with three children. Isn't that the nicest, but also the weirdest thing? It's like, yeah, no one no other one than that. me. But probably like who other than me knows that he's only slept with one woman. Oh, my God. Maybe we'll <gasps> edit out that part. Maybe we'll edit out that part. Just now, how would he ever... You know, assuming you don't have a big American listenership, I think I'm in very safe ground. But I think about them all the time. I'm like, oh, interesting. I know I have a friend from high school and this one other person. And I know because I know their life that they've had sex with one person, which is such an interesting choice in 2023 for people who are not religious. You know, it's not a, a choice from God. Yes. Oh, my God. That's. That's amazing. So, I mean, what I'm interpreting is you wouldn't have sex with him. So uh, he went and had sex with someone else. And if you'd had sex with him, maybe you'd be married to him now. Oh, my God. I would have married him, too. Like, a thing I think about all the time with him is that he was, not that I even knew any of this at the time, but, like, in terms of the on-paper details, he's sort of exactly the person I wound up marrying. Amazing. interesting that is and there was no one like that in between but this first boyfriend and my husband are like super super high achievers from you know who built themselves up from not much wow and are like really Uh, good like really standing good really upstanding decent People. I mean, I didn't know him that well, but everything, you know, when I like look at his online stuff now, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know a lot about he, him. So you can, you glean really so much. And I was like, he was always a good man. Like something in me knew that even at 15 years old. Well, that's really nice. lucky. So did you have a crush on him before you got together or was it just because the way you put it was um, it was fun to have a boyfriend? Yes. So I which isn't the same as oh my god, it's him. No, no. He we so I you know wanted my high school um had like a really good um performing arts department. So I didn't go to like the fame high school, but it was sort of like the state school version of that. So everyone was like really into their theater in my high school and everything, and um, so I auditioned as a freshman and I got into this little like two actor play and he was the other person in the play can you imagine how amazing that felt you're like four i was 14 still at this point and i was like getting to hang out with these two seniors in high school who were like 17 and 18 and the three of us would like hang out and i've never felt so cool in my life yeah and he and i were both kind of like 
No, and I never will no. again. Because now, do you not find like now when we get to quote unquote feel cool as adults, there's always some weird bullshit. It, like it's dirty somehow or it'll be yeah. like, because if there's a cool kid vibe, once you're an adult, it's disgusting and exclusive and then oh, you participate yeah, yeah, yeah. and you hate yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, we so know way too then. much now. We know yeah. too much and ugh. So I would hang out with them and, and he and I were kind of these like, pure little nerds and the director was this like worldly woman like it was clear to the two of us that she was quite sexually active at 18 (laughs) and she was moving in different circles and um so that's how we got to know each other and we you know this sort of romance developed and then we dated all summer and like I got to like go to the 4th of July parade. You know, I just loved the whole thing. And then in September, he was going away to university. And so that was sort of, you know, that okay. led us to our road of ruin. And we did a, yeah. So that that was, then we were on and off. Oh my God, it's so fun to revisit this shit when you're like 43. <laughs> I haven't thought about the details of it in a long time. But that was yeah. how it started. But it's funny, isn't it? Because it's so, it's all important at that time. It would have been, you know, the only thing you were thinking about at that time. And then you go for decades <laughs> without, even, without I mean, it would be good it. to know, wouldn't it? When you're going through heartbreak, this will become so distant in your memory and you'll be amazed <gasps> at how little you think about it. But God. so it sounds like you got, you just sort of got together with him quite quickly so you didn't have so as in it w- it was an intense experience but you didn't have that feeling of longing for a long time is that I true I didn't long for him until I was with him oh you know you know they say again it's like this real sort of stereotypical like kind of male female bullshit that I do not believe is true in all instances but it wasn't this is um you know they say like women have sex and then they fall in like women fall in love or, you know what I mean? Women have sex with the people <laughs> yeah. they fall in love with and like men learn to love the people they fancy or something like that. Sure. Yeah. So you weren't, so had you done any previous longing or was this oh all tied up with sexual? No, awareness? I longed for so many boys. Oh, really? I longed for, there was Elliot Berman. There was, so Elliot was Berman. Nape of neck guy. Nape of neck. Yeah. Nicholas Gorgashan wanted to kiss, but these are all very young. This is like prepubescent. Mm. But then there was a then there were these boys starting around the time I was eleven. A guy named Jason Temple. God, it's weird to think about this. I'm as you know, I'm as a comedian. I'm very aware of whether or not there's a story in this, and I'm I'm nervous there isn't. But there was just this boy, Jason Temple, and another Elliot named Elliot Baldwin, and I I wanted them all so much, Margaret. But well, I was the full not. The name thing is a big deal. You know, this happens quite a lot on this of podcast. Of course, people, it must. Right? I, these are icons to us. You sort of remember it. Icons. All. They're that important to you. Yeah. But can you remember what huge. it was about them that you that you liked? Were they the popular boys at school? No, I've to this day I don't like a popular boy. It's not my. <laughs> It's just not my thing. There, so so Jason Temple, and I grew up in um, the north suburbs of Chicago, which is somewhat globally famous because of John Hughes films. So Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink. This is my neck of the woods. Wow. Okay, yeah. So it was very. Um, it's a really moneyed area you know so like everyone has their you know when my husband who is british like whenever we go back 
to my suburb. He's like, it literally looks like it does in the films. Like it's it's yeah. like the the kids all had t- you know the uh, the teenagers all had cars, and that was sort of the energy. Yeah, and were you? Were you the girl who was making her own clothes? Um, I think it's very, here's the thing. Not almost, yeah, I sort of was. Not literally, but yes. But the thing is, is that I hate when people from my town, which is like, a way, again, a sort of famously rich town, and they're like, oh, but yeah. like, I wasn't one of those ones. It's like, <laughs> shut yeah, yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> like, if you if you get the privilege of growing up somewhere like that, do not then be like, oh, but actually for me, like, just, you know, shut up. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Okay. But right, yeah, I wasn't one of the rich ones. I've never but wanted for Molly anything Ringwald. in my life, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. was Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as was my first boyfriend, the one who, this this guy, like he was the son of the guy who stacked the shelves at the local supermarket and he's now like uh, the highest level surgeon you can be at the most. Oh my ama- God. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about with this guy. Amazing. But a bad kisser in 1993. <laughs> anyway, um, so Jason Temple in this picture I've painted for you. Margaret, he was a bad boy. So Leather I jacket? Think, um, yeah, he did. Not the kind you're picturing, but he did have this <laughs> leather jacket that was like... Oh, was it more like a minicab driver's... Uh, it was, no, what was it? There was this kind of jacket that was really popular in the early 90s in the States that had like flags on it. Anyway, it was a thing and he had one and he wore like really expensive sneakers, but seemed naughty. And he was friend with, he was friends with this guy named Brian Holtzman, who I didn't fancy, but Brian Holtzman like talked back to the teachers and they just seemed like, oh, wild and sexy. Yeah. I've always loved a certain kind of bad boy. And my husband would find it very funny to hear me say that, but like, he's got a... My mother, my husband's like the farthest thing from a bad boy, but there's something, there's a a bad boy brevity to my husband that I see maybe twice a year. <laughs> and to me, you know, 12 years in, it's like the sexiest thing he does. Yeah. And it's not quite being mean, but it's just a, hey, it's a shortness. Brusque. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. the word. It's a brusqueness. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, no. Hot. Actually, that that sort of directness, that kind oh. of ability to speak your mind when you're angry, <laughs> whatever is. Well, uh... he can't do it when he's angry with me. <laughs> but if he's like, if he's communicating efficiently. Oh yes, communicating efficiently—that is a really underrated hot thing. With Jason, you're <laughs> you've managed to say he's a bad boy, but his bad boyness seems to be a leather jacket and knowing someone who talks back to the teacher. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's not he knew very a boy bad, who talked back, which for me that was too crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so close. They were so close. I to keep him. that other guy, Brian Holtzman, who I remember watching him mouth back and be like, "You're gonna be, you're gonna be killed." And I look, I look him up once in a while to be like, "Whatever." He's like he's a very a successful, normal oh, person. He? He's not a surgeon. Oh. No, but the thing is, it's like, it's inconceivable to me that he's like, I think he's like an estate agent. I don't know what he does. But <laughs> the point is, he looks like a normal person with a normal person life. Yeah. And it still shocks me when I remember him speaking to a teacher that way. Yeah, I wonder what he, whether what he, he remembers. remembers that. Yeah. And knew that he was a bad boy. Did people fancy him? I'm sure some of them did. Yeah. I, you know what? And I've looked, I've looked Jason Temple up, and I cannot find anything about this guy anywhere. Oh, really? Nowhere. 
But was the bad thing about him just his proximity? You, to you were. Mild it was badness? first of all, as I said, my fear was that there was not a good story here. But basically, <laughs> he had a he had a good look. He had like dark hair, blue eyes. Um, he wore this jacket. He had an or he carried himself well. Like even at twelve, he carried himself like he didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is and he had hot sneakers, and he knew Brian Holtzman, who talked back to <laughs> Mrs. Dane. <laughs> and how close did you get to zero? Like, zero. I, if zero. you said if you said the name Sarah Barron to Jason Temple, he would have no idea what you were talking about. Even I, and I don't time. think he would have known. Even at the time, I don't think he would have known. No, z- nothing. Nothing. And what did it consist of? This crush? Like, did you? Did you um, take so things of his? Do you, did you, like, draw pictures of him? Did you write his name on things? Or was it not even that active? It was just a secret. It was just a secret thing in my body. I'm thinking about, like, other... I had another crush on um, these other couple of boys at similar times. There's another mm-hmm. one named Zach. Another hot yeah, name for another, a Yeah, another... Shut up. <laughs> Um, Zach Kramer, and then there were these Baskin twins who I had a crush on, like these identical twins. they sound made up. up. (laughs) No, the Baskins, the Baskin twins, Rory Baskin, Rory and Corey, that can't be right, right? That can't be right. (laughs) No, it really can't be. You're going to need to go back. Corey, what Rory and name? Corey, why That would can't you? be right. No. There, and there, no one would have been named Rory in my town. It would have been a Corey. It was very like okay, yeah. 80s in my suburb. Um, and with them, there was a lot of like, uh, like in my diary. Because this was the other thing, back to my teenage porn, is that I was a real diary keeper. I really liked this idea of writing my ideas down. And so I was always keeping diaries, which is why the idea, it, would, it would occur to me to sit down and write this little porn that I wrote. And so in those diaries that preceded my porn there was a lot of stuff about zach Mm -hmm. zach and i had a relationship not like we weren't dating but he and i talked to each other he knew who i was we would like joke with each other you wouldn't call each other girlfriend and boyfriend (gasps) no we never we would never he would never have hung out with me but um but (laughs) so you're not even hanging out but you're calling that a relationship No, and you know what margaret is that like i have this bit of stand-up um that I did that was about like, I mean, I think it's obviously I try to I've made it funny for a stand-up show, but my sense of myself, I think now, I mean, I know it's now, but I think it started from then. This is like quite dark. Is that I felt so a sense of being ugly was such a key part of me. Isn't that sad? Oh, it's really sad. It's and really I'm, it's sad. It's awful that this keeps coming up as well, I have to say. T- is this a thing so people say a lot? Yeah, it's just... That it it didn't... So the, the, the stand-up bit is about, like, if anyone ever expresses interest in me, I'm like a sure... You know, when I was single, I was a sure thing because it never ceased to amaze me that someone would consider touching my body in any fashion. And so as I was like, all right, that'll be fine. Okay, fine. You know, okay, fine. And I try and make it funny and I, I hope that I do. But actually, sure it's... it's um, You know, it is really... Uh, you know, people talk about... Like, people in our field will talk about, like... It, that it, 
it can feel really difficult to turn down work. Like if you get to a certain level and they'll pay you whatever amount of money to do something that even if you're quite successful being like, no, I'm I'm going to say no to 10 grand or wh- whatever the number would be. Yeah feels so crazy to them that they're like, I guess I know intellectually I don't need it, but how can I say no to 20 or whatever the number is? And that's how I feel about every sexual experience. We'd be like, I think I just need to go with this one because I'm a disgusting person and it's very lucky that this, this is coming through. Yeah, this is probably my last chance. This yeah, probably I'll probably never no be one on will the ever with fuck anyone me again. No one again. ever will f- kiss me. So, so, so this back troll then, will absolutely will do. do. And, you know, at that age, I, you know, and my, my friend, um, one of my closest friends, her daughter is now 11, which is the, the person I'm closest to is, you know, start, starting to be the mother of a woman. And... She was, she's like, oh my God, the, um, we were at the playground the other day and like, I think someone came up to her daughter and like asked, like a boy, basically she watched her, her 11 year old get approached by a boy or whatever. And she's, um, you know, I was like, that just wasn't, it wasn't happening for me. Like there was, there was just until this thing with that first boyfriend, there was no, just no sense from anyone that I wasn't, that I was even like slightly attractive. And I just, it's just like, that is just in well, here. And I have to say, like, so you were, it was bad enough for me, but I wasn't being brought up in John Hughes land. You know, you sort of think if that's not happening and that is clearly from what everything I'm being fed, that is yeah. what should be happening. If I yeah. was a real girl, yeah. that is what should be happening. So oh when it's God. not, it's like, wow, what what's going on? I am, you know, I'm a, a wraith. <laughs> I'm yeah, in my own life. This And isn't. also, like, I, I remember, like, this is bleak. This is like, I mean, I was going to say this is like turning into a therapy session, but hopefully that's a sign of a decent (laughs) conversation. But like I asked, you know, you get the message as a a teen girl. I mean, you get a message, I'm sure, long before you're a teen girl that boys will boys will fuck anything. Boys will like they'll do anything. They just they do it to an animal. They just with their them and their hard ons, a tree, everything. And there were two separate boys as a teenager, like when I was 17 and then again at 18, where like I really put myself forward for these boys. And they were like, oh, Sarah, you know what? I think we're just friends. And I feel that that is such a core part of my personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, oh, I think you're great, but n- no, not you're not like that and i i you know i just think it's all in there and it's so interesting isn't it because actually there's nothing wrong with that you know no one is everyone's cup of tea but you're right it's because we were told no 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 boys want anything anything anything, not even anyone anything so that means any like that sort of rejection you don't even notice that they like you (laughs) you know that you're a decent human who they want to hang out with or whatever you just see it as oh my god I'm an aberration yep this Mm -hmm. is insane yeah yeah and I wonder how much of that expectation is still out there yeah with the kids today I don't know 
God help them with all their pornography as well. Their real <laughs> pornography. I just, you know, I, you start to think about that when I remember, you know, back to this age and how... How you were gathering information. How you gathered information and then, you know, it was not like masturbation and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just... I'm such an old person with that particular stuff. You know, like I want to be on, I want to be open and positive about social media and what's good about it and what's a sense of yeah. community and how it, but it's like, it's so hard for me to, um, to just feel it's not end of days. Yeah, How do you feel about that as mother that. of a fourteen-year-old? Uh, yeah, How are you? Just terrified. Yeah. Just kind of. Yeah, I'm considering <sighs> making her become Amish. That's uh, seriously. That's my I. I re- that. Yeah. 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 Seems fine. Yeah. I can't I see think any. it could be a worth uh, a, a a step up from <laughs> yeah. participation. From whatever this in is the modern that world she's having to do. So, um, did you? So you were quite quiet with your with your real life crushes, you were just writing about them, about the Baskin. Yeah, because I think there was such a a shameful, you know, I I think because I felt so fundamentally undesirable, the, the expression, it's like, if you're like a hot girl who looks like she should be in a bikini, well, then you can talk about your crushes and yeah. like boys. And, but I kept that stuff. Yeah. I don't even want to say that I find no. anyone attractive or ever no. will. So quiet. Was, so um, quiet. Was it helpful to have any celebrity crushes? Because cause those are much safer, like no, because they're not going to reject you, essentially. I've never, been one, never, a, never really? been one for a celebrity crush. Never had crush. a poster up, never. Not in a real to, way. No, not my thing at all. People. people. Real life Real people. life people. Napes of necks. Na- give me the nape of the neck. Exactly. <laughs> like, I want that thing. I mean, you know, I like... Have you? Do you know who Sam Fender is? You have a 14-year-old girl. Yes, I do know. So that, Sam I mean, that Fender. is one of the most beautiful, like, <laughs> things to look at I've seen in so long. You know, there are these people where you see them and you're just Will Sharp, like everyone now after... um. White Lotus is obsessed with Will Sharp. Yeah. You know, these people that are like works of art and you're like, wow. Yes. What am I looking at? And I really enjoy that. But like, I would never. It's aesthetic. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm not like wanting his body because I can't even imagine what. No, I can't even wrap my head around it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But even at, then. Really? <gasps> no. You Go know on. who I did? You know who I did was um, Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. Oh, really? Who's about my age, but like he was like a year younger or something. And I remember feeling that because, again, when you're that age, a year is 20 years. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking it was like sort of dirty to like a little boy, whatever. <laughs> he would have been like nine to my 10. And I was like, I'm dirty, but I can't stop thinking about him. <laughs> dirty in a good one. way. Dirty in the best way. <laughs> And with him, were you um, imagining a life together? No. Were you imagining the nape of his neck? I think it was for a long time. It was very kissing based. Yeah. You wanted to kiss him. I wanted to kiss him and hold onto his bod. (laughs) But you never, so you never even had a poster or a, you know. No, because that would have been too embarrassing. That it was any expression of that kind of desire was too humiliating. Even a poster, I think. Wow, I know. But but it's funny. Yeah, I mean, it is embarrassing. But I, I feel like I did the opposite and really embraced that. Embraced my kind of 
weird nerdiness and at the age of 14 I was cutting not only pictures of Hugh Laurie out of uh, magazines but his name I cut his name out of <laughs> the Radio Times every week oh, like- and made a little collage of that and also I cut his name out once and wore it covered it in sellotape and wore it as a wedding ring oh my, my god finger. Margaret oh <laughs> my god I know yep. I know the sympathy the endless sympathy it's so I wore it for how, a year. Um, I remember how, very carefully um, taking it off to wash my hands. For a year. And how old were you? 14? 14. I remember pretty much the day after my 15th birthday, I thought, this is this is, this is a lot. It's going to have to end somehow. Have you, has your experience doing this podcast, has it taught you that that is a normal <laughs> level? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I'm not shaming you, but is, that, you is that sort of I normal? I love the, um, and do you think that's and normal? This think is, normal? I was once at a... Um, uh, 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 a midwife um, appointment where the the guy who read out a load of questions and um, his intonation was really strange. He said, and do you consider yourself disabled? <laughs> and it really sounded like he was going to go, because we've been out in the other room and we all... <laughs> we've got some news for you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, well, listen, doing this podcast has very much been good therapy for me in that, that there's a whole variety of, of people, but we're all we're all mad in our own way yeah, sort of sure. thing. And there are people who are much more on my weird collage making levels, but um, n- not everyone by any, by I wrote any. my little porn when I, you know, everyone's sort of sure. doing their thing. So really, yeah, everybody's truly, doing their thing. That's what everyone's I have been doing their thing. And I'm just sort of curious in the, the pie chart of their thing, yeah. how common the uh, sort of celebrity obsession I'm going to marry him. Yeah, How common um, that is. Yeah, it, it, it's varied. I mean, but then, you know, Sarah Pascoe used to collect the litter from the boys that she fancied and, and keep them in a little sort of display in her school locker. Oh, <laughs> and um, again, no shame, because I don't think that's any weirder than what I was doing. I just, it's almost like mine became a hobby. It's like, I didn't know what this to is the do thing. with those it's feelings. A, the, you know, so I had to make them into... This is what kills me, is that like, it's so creative. It's a, it's an expression of creativity and it's a way, think about how much time you had as a child or even a teenager, you know, just yeah. like there was time. And that's not just a gift. It's also kind of shitty and you have to like figure <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You don't have do enough friends to go time. out on, no. <laughs> on the weekends. Then, uh, you know, it's like, it's activity, mm. I think, sometimes. I always think that, like, the, no, it's it's gross. Trust me. Do you know, I oh. did this pod, I, I did a friend's podcast, like, a year ago, um, and I shared a shitting story, right? Yeah. And um, and I thought that was kind of funny and whatever. And then for very boring reasons, because I was worried they'd cut something in that I didn't want in. I listened back to it. And I sounded like an insane... <laughs> like, it was, sure, we all want a shitting story. Fine. But the detail I went into was like... <laughs> it made me sound like quite mentally unwell. That I thought it was an okay story to share. So let me just say that the little cul-de-sac that I just went into was like a story you about... saved us. I've saved you. Yeah. It's not related to poop, but we just don't. I'm trying to be like slightly more normal and I don't, the world doesn't need it. Well, no, this isn't the place for that though. This place is definitely, this is the place for abnormality. (laughs) You know, you're sharing your, this is a a public service 
podcast. Oh my God. I very We're much heroes. see us going. Yeah, we are We're such heroes. heroes. Um, so after your first boyfriend, so you listen, you had the build up with all of these. I'm imagining that they were all very beautiful, all of these boys, all very John Hughes boys. No, she's shaking her head. No. Not even the I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say, I don't want to, because I want to talk sure, bad about don't. anyone's appearance. <laughs> yeah. But, but let's just say, no, it was, these were not, I was not captain of the cheerleading squad. And, oh, the, the people I had the crushes no, on. Yeah. Sorry. Would so they? Jason Temple, yes, yeah. that was a, that was a, okay. a hot boy. Scott Zach Bio, was, I'm imagining. Is it Scott yes. Bio? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Margaret, exactly God, right. Bio. Oh, Scott. I always call them, I'm not correcting you. I always call them Scott Bayo in my head, but oh, I don't okay. know which is right. Well, you're but more that is, likely to be right. I, I, I am, but it's exactly yeah. the kind of shit I'm always like. My <laughs> husband is always like, you must know because you're American. And then he's right, like yeah. most of the time. Yeah, you've only um, come here so that you yeah. seem like an expert on an all American. But I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> ever. Um, but that's so funny. Exactly what Jason Temple looked like was there Scott Bayo. That was incredible of you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, the other guy, Zach and the Baskin twin, mm -hmm. they were like more sort of average, Boring. but they were just doing yeah. something for me in particular. Yeah. Well, what was it about them then if they weren't? Zach and I had a, r a rapport. That is underrated, I think. And he was cute. He had, I've always been one for like, as a grown woman, I'm one for like glasses and beards and mm -hmm. that kind of shit. Like a disguise. <laughs> Yeah, like you're playing that game where you built like the game of um, Guess Who, you know, those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. faces. Yeah, 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 the iron filings. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the way that manifested as a 10 and 11 year old was like, I liked glasses. Like he, oh, personality. Like nerdy, but cute. <laughs> yeah, oh, glasses. You know what? Um, but what was going on with me in that basket? I have no clue. I don't know. Maybe I saw him like, just he feels if someone says to me that Baskin twin what's evoked for me is like summertime and I think my diary entry was about like I wanted to run into him on a on the local so in these suburbs of Chicago it's on Lake Michigan so it's the Midwest but it like feels that, like you're on the ocean because the lakes are so big so there are like beaches in my town weirdly and I wanted to like see him at Rosewood Beach like when I was like putting lemon juice in my hair, this oh, was my man. vision. I know. Oh no, this is what I want as well, though. It's what all, it's all any <laughs> and of I was us. in East Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where it is, but like my body knows where it yeah, is. Yeah, Do you exactly. know what I mean? As someone yeah. who travels the country for my job, I know East Sheen. <laughs> um, I'm going somewhere called East Neon. <laughs> On Saturday night. East Meon, that's not a place. That's It's a place, and I got a gig there on Saturday. Said with respect to all the people of East Meon, yeah. and I'm sure it's a very cool We love cool you for coming town. out. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Um, I think I imagine he was throwing an American football. I think he did something athletic, and I wonder if there was something going on with that bod that was speaking to me. I, I genuinely do. I'm not trying to just come up with an answer. I, I think he had a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the fact that you're picturing yourself, you know, with your with your lemon mm. juice and the, and the beach and everything, that's a kind of like that's a person that you want to be, yeah. isn't it? Rather than, although I'm sure the bod was uh, very helpful. Do you still have crushes now? I'm thinking, like now, like now. I am what they call a talent whore. 
Is sure. I believe the old school speak. <laughs> so I find people being good at stuff really attractive. Yeah. So I'm always, you know, like I can, you know, if I see someone do a good bit of stand up or if I, I don't know, if I just see someone like alpha it, man or woman, a little bit, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Mm, oh, that and I mean, I, I can even energy. see this with um, baristas, you know? Shut up, totally. You know, it, it's, it doesn't have to be an arena-based uh, <laughs> talent. It can just no, be somebody no, 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 really, just... really, you know, do it like felling a tree or whatever. Anything. Just yeah. just competence. I my, my husband will always say about me, my favorite thing is getting to see another person do their job. Yeah. Like, I want to go with everyone I know to watch them do their job because I think it's so, assuming they're good at it. You know, uh, just, bring, it's just bring your stand up comedian to work day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just let me. I had like a really bad bicycle accident like 15 years ago. And part of the, the pain of the accident was that, so you, you deal with all these orthopedic surgeons because it's like broken bones. What I now know is that most orthopedic surgeons are hot because they're, they're, they're the, they were the, the, um, they were the smart athletes in high school. So it's like they're really good at sports, but they're not really going to go pr- play professional football. So they like become doctors and they treat mostly athletes because wow. that's who breaks. Right. So interesting because yeah. it was such a thing that's that finally so because you've got all the interns. It just it was like me- it was all fucking men. It was like and they were all really macho and really good looking. And finally, I said to one, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's a. Orthopedics, orthopedics is a whole thing with the attractiveness levels of the men, and I was like, "Oh, okay, thanks for explaining it." Um, and I would hate it because I wanted to like watch them. I wanted to like get to like watch them do surgery on my body, but I couldn't because they would put you under. Isn't that weird? And one of the times I've never put this, but one of the times there was like the big, big, big head surgeon. I'm not. I'll, I'll finish the story. I'm not sure it's interesting. There was the big head surgeon and then there was the guy right beneath him and the guy right beneath him he and I were around the same age we knew he knew my original crust from high school who became the trauma surgeon so I was like wait a second do you know he's like oh my god yeah he and I were interns in medical school it's a whole thing so this guy and I had a connection and he was cute and I loved him and so basically I went, so I remember getting a surgery. Like I had to have like seven surgeries in one year to, to fix my oh, ankle, God. which was like demolished. And I remember going out, getting my, like getting as an epidural in my back, getting my anesthesia, going out, seeing this guy, his name was Dr. Samuel Taylor, seeing him walk toward me. And I remember that something happened and I remember that people laughed, but I didn't know what, whatever. And so then when I was coming to from my anesthetic, maybe in a half hour later, I saw him like coming toward me in the recovery room. And he was like, hey, hey, how you doing? You Everything went great. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm okay. What, um, <laughs> what happened? And I told him that I loved him. <laughs> As I was, so so he said that I want so that I got my injection. That's I was so like cute. starting to go. He said as they were lowering me down, I and this is a direct quote: "Put my sternum in the sterile field," which meant I launched back up upon seeing him and went, 
Dr. Taylor, I love you. And then I flopped back down on the operating Taylor. Taylor, oh my God, on the operating table. So that was another huge crush I had, Dr. Samuel Taylor. That is amazing. And it was, because I looked him up subsequently. He's not really my type. But it was just at the time, he was so fucking good at what he did. And this, you know, powerful surgeon. Yeah, I wish you could see what Sarah's doing with her body. I'm dancing with my body. (laughs) I'm it's with a my slow hot shimmy, I would describe it as. Thank you. It's such, it's such like a physical sensation of going down a memory lane. Yeah, like it is. Oh, I mean, really, it is like those I've physical sensations. Somewhere. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like you, you smell something and you're like, oh my god, I'm seven again. I feel like that's what's happened in this whole podcast. So I'm going to do the the maths, but you're probably not aware of the maths. Probably didn't have this in America. No, you look frightened. Um, Go on. Tell me the the full name. When I say crush, your biggest crush, who is it? Which of these these boys are we going to write down? I love how much thought you're putting into this. (laughs) It really matters. Okay, I think it's Jason Temple. Okay, Jason Temple. So what happens here is I work out how compatible you are Using your names, yeah. Uh, there's an L. Using L O V E and S. Oh, I know what you're doing now. Yeah. We don't call this math, but I know what this game is. I can't remember what it's called in America. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. I mean, we never called it the maths. I don't think, but um, it's sixty nine percent and a very How hot number as well. Who it is. And you've looked him up. What's he doing now, did you say? No, this is the thing. I think the reason that he has come out of me as my answer is specifically yes, because I can't find anything about this guy. He's probably in witness protection. After everything <laughs> that I felt towards him in the early 90s. The filthy Jason things Temple. he did to him. How come I can't head? find anything about Jason Temple? Huh. Okay, I think this is going to be our new... This should task. be the new mission of the yep, pod. New mission. Yeah, new whole new branch of podcast. Find Jason Temple, Jason where are you? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, uh, but thank you so much. Come back, do another one. <laughs> Please, anytime. <laughs> I it was feel we've such only a covered joy. a small we've amount. We've only covered the beginning. There's so much more to discuss. Thank you so much to Sarah. It was very exciting to talk to someone who was sort of literally brought up in a John Hughes film at the correct time. It's kind of mad. Um, Anyway, if you're a Succession fan, you should definitely check out the podcast she does with her husband, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, It's called Firecrotch and Normcore, uh, and it's really, really brilliant, and they have loads of brilliant guests from the show. Um... Do check out the Substack, do rate and review the podcast, sorry, nah, 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 I know, I know, but I have to. Uh, And if you're in London on the 15th of September, please come to the show. We have tentatively booked a couple of guests who I'm very, very excited about. And with that, thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Listening to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Victoria Lloyd and Lindsay Fenner for Mighty Bunny Productions. If you can bear it, please like, subscribe, rate, and give us a nice review as it helps me feel better about my life choices. <laughs> <laughs>